0: Good afternoon, good afternoon, good afternoon. Hello, welcome back to Five on Kieran Island again. We are on chapter 10, we are on chapter 10. And remember yesterday, Dick hurt Timmy by standing on his tail, just to make george shut up well it succeeded beyond his wildest dreams and um i wonder if she's going to forgive him ever um personally i don't think so but hey ho you never know (laughs) anyway right chapter 10 a surprising signal What's up with George, demanded Julian as soon as they were safely out of earshot. I know you kicked her at tea time for talking too much about the island. That was idiotic of her, but why has she gone home in a huff? Dick told them how he had trodden on poor Timmy's tail to make him whine so that Julian would turn her attention to him and stop talking. Julian laughed, but Anne was indignant. That was horrid of you, Dick. Yes, it was, said Dick, but I couldn't think of any other way to head George off the island. I really honestly thought she was giving away to that fellow all the things he badly wanted to know. But now I think he wanted to know them for quite another reason. Oh, what do you mean, said Julian, puzzled. Well, I thought at first he must be after Uncle Quentin's secret. Whatever it is, said Dick, and that was why he wanted to know all the ins and outs of everything. But now that he's told me he's a journalist, that's a man who writes for the newspapers, Anne. I think, after all, he only wants the information so that he can use it for his paper and make a splash when Uncle has finished his work. Yes, I think that too, said Julian, thoughtfully. In fact, I'm pretty sure of it. Well... There's no harm in that, but I don't see why we should sit there and be pumped all the time. He could easily say, look here, I'd be obliged if you'd spill the beans about Kiran Island. I want to use it in a newspaper story. But he didn't say that. No. So I was suspicious, said Dick. But I see now he'd want all sorts of titbits about Kiran Island to put in his newspaper, whatever it is. Oh, blow! Now I shall have to explain to George I was wrong, and she really is in a temper. Well, let's take the road to Kieran Village and go to get some bones for Timmy at the butcher's, said Julian. A sort of apology to Tim. This seemed like a good idea. They bought two large, meaty bones at the butcher's and then went to Kieran Cottage. George was up in her bedroom with Timmy. The three went up to find her. She was sitting on the floor with a book. She looked up sulkily as they came in. George, sorry I was such a beast, said Dick. I did it in a good cause if you only knew it, but I've discovered that Mr Curtin isn't a spy seeking out your father's secret. He's only a journalist smelling out a story for his paper. Look, I've bought these for Timmy. I apologise to him too. George was in a very bad temper, but she did try to respond to Dick's friendliness. She gave him a small smile. All right. Thanks for the bones. Don't talk to me tonight, anybody. I feel mad, but I'll get over it. They left her sitting on the floor. It was always best to leave George severely alone when she was in one of her tempers. As long as Timmy was with her, she was all right and he certainly would not leave her while she was cross and unhappy. George did not come down to supper, Dick explained. Well, we had a bit of a row, Aunt Fanny, but we've made it up. George still feels sore about it, though, so shall I take her supper up? No, I will, said Anne, and she took up a tray of food. I'm not hungry, said George. So Anne prepared to take it away again. "'Oh, well, you can leave it,' said George hurriedly. "'I expect Timmy will like it.' So Anne, with a secret smile to herself, left the tray. All the dishes were empty by the time she climbed the stairs to fetch the tray again. "'Dear me! Timmy was hungry,' she said to George, and her cousin smiled sheepishly. "'Aren't you coming down now? We're going to play Monopoly.' No, thanks. You leave me alone this evening and I'll be all right tomorrow, said George. Really, I will. So, Julian, Dick, Anne and Aunt Fanny played Monopoly without George. They went up to bed at the usual time and found George in bed, fast asleep, with Timmy curled up on her toes. I'll look out for Uncle Quentin's signal, said Julian as he got into bed. Oh, gosh, it's a dark night tonight. He lay in bed. And looked out of the window towards Kirin Island. Then, at exactly half-past ten, the six flashes came. Flash, flash, flash through the darkness. Julian buried his head in his pillow. Oh, now for a good sleep. He was awakened by a throbbing noise some time later. He sat up and looked out of the window, expecting to see the top of the tower ablaze with light, as it sometimes was when his uncle conducted a special experiment. But nothing happened. There was no flare of light, the throbbing died away, and Julian lay down again. I saw Uncle Signals all right last night, Aunt Fanny, he said next morning. Did you? Yes, said his aunt. "'Julian, do you think you could watch for them this morning, dear? "'I have to go and see the vicar about something, "'and I don't believe I would be able to see the tower from the vicarage.' "'Oh, yes, of course I will, Aunt Fanny,' said Julian. "'What's the time now?' "'Half past nine, right. Um, "'I'll write some letters sitting by the window in my room, "'and at half past ten I'll watch for the signals.' So he wrote his letter, interrupted first by Dick, then by George, Anne and Timmy, who wanted him to go on the beach with them. George had quite recovered herself now and was trying to be especially nice to make up for yesterday's temper. I'll come at half past ten, said Julian, after I've seen the signals from the tower. They're due in ten minutes. At half past ten, he looked at the glass top of the tower. Ah, there was the first signal blazing brightly as the sun caught the mirror, held by his uncle in the tower. One flash, counted Julian. Two, three, four, five, six. He's all right. He was just about to turn away when another flash caught his eyes. Seven, and then another came. Eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve. How strange, thought Julian. Why twelve flashes? Hello, here we go again. Another six flashes came from the tower. Then no more at all. Julian wished he had a telescope. Then he could see right into the tower. He sat and thought for a moment, puzzled. Then he heard the others come pounding up the stairs. They burst into the room. Julian, father flashed 18 times instead of six. Did you count them, Jew? Why did he do that? Is he in danger of some sort? No, if he was... "'In danger, he'd flash the SOS signal,' said Julian. "'He doesn't know Morse code,' said George. "'Well, I expect he just wants to let us know that he needs something,' said Julian. "'We must go over today and find out what it is. More food, perhaps.' "'So when Aunt Fanny came home, they suggested they should all go over to the island.' "'Aunt Fanny was pleased. "'Oh, yes, that would be nice. "'I expect your uncle wants a message sent off somewhere. We'll go this morning.' George flew off to tell James she wanted her boat. Aunt Fanny packed up plenty of food with Joanna's help. Then they set off to Kiran Island in George's boat, as they rounded the low wall of rocks and came into the little cove. They saw Uncle Quentin waiting for him or for them. He waved his hand and helped to pull in the boat when it ran gently onto the sand we saw your treble signal said aunt fanny did you want something dear yes i did said uncle quentin what's that you've got in your basket Fanny? more of those delicious sandwiches i'll have some oh quentin haven't you been having your meals properly again said aunt fanny what about that lovely soup what soup said uncle quentin Looking surprised, I wish I'd known about it. I could have done with some last night. But Quentin, I told you about it before, said Aunt Fanny. It mu- it'll be bad by now. You must pour it away. Now don't forget, pour it away. Where is it? Perhaps I'd better pour it away myself. No, I'll do it, said Uncle Quentin. Let's sit down and have our lunch. It was much too early for lunch, but Aunt Fanny at once sat down and began to unpack the food. Oh, the children were all, always ready for a meal at any time, so they didn't in the least mind lunch being so early. "'Well, dear, how is your work getting on?' asked Aunt Fanny, watching her husband devour sandwich after sandwich. She began to wonder if he had had anything at all to eat since we, she'd left him two days ago.' ''Oh, very well indeed,'' said her husband. ''Couldn't be better. Just got to a a most tricky and interesting point. I'll have another sandwich, please.'' ''Why did you signal eighteen times?'' Uncle Quentin asked Anne. ''Ah, well, it's difficult to explain, really,'' said her uncle. ''The fact is, I can't help feeling there's somebody else on this island besides myself.'' Quentin! What in the world do you mean? cried Aunt Fanny in alarm. She looked over her shoulder, as if she half expected to see somebody there. All the children stared in amazement at Uncle Quentin. He took another sandwich. Yes, I know it sounds mad. Nobody else possibly have got here, but I know there is someone Oh, don't, Uncle, said Anne with a shiver. It sounds horrid and you're all, all alone at night, too. Ah, that's just it. I wouldn't mind a bit if I was all alone at night, said her Uncle. What worries me is that I don't think I shall be all alone. Uncle, what makes you think there's somebody here? asked Julian. Well, "'When I'd finished the experiment I was doing last night, "'about half past three in the early morning, it would be. "'But pitch dark, of course,' said Uncle Quentin. "'I came into the open for a breath of fresh air, "'and I swear I could hear somebody cough. "'Yes, cough twice.' "'Good gracious,' said Aunt Fanny, startled. "'But, Quentin, you might have been mistaken.' You do imagine things sometimes, you know, you know, when you're tired. Yes, I know, said her husband, but I couldn't imagine this, could I? He put his hand into his pocket and took something out. He showed it to the others. It was a cigarette end, quite crisp and quite fresh. Now, I don't smoke cigarettes nor do any of you. Well then, who smoked that cigarette? And how did he come here? No one would bring him by boat and that's the only way here. There was a silence. Anne felt scared. George stared at her father, puzzled. Who could be here and why? And how had they got here? More to the point... Well, Quentin, what are you going to do? said his wife. What would be best? I'll be all right if George will give her consent to something, said Uncle Quentin. I want Timmy here, George. Will you leave him behind with me? (gasps) Oh, my goodness, not only does he want her island, he wants a dog. Oh What? Do you think she will do? Will she let him have the dog? Will she let Timmy stay? Ooh, 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 ooh. Well, I think she's going to make a very, very hard choice. What do you think she's going to decide? Yes or no? Ooh, it's a bit scary. Anyway, anyway, I will leave you for now. Make sure you have a great day. And, 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 and make sure you take care and stay safe. And I will see you all again tomorrow by for now.